Welcome to the Plateau Partners Pulse podcast. It is a podcast about business networking and ideas. And I'm very excited because JD is joining me today. JD, introduce yourself. Dr. JD Winnikin in Plateau Partners. Exactly. Um, So this episode is a little bit different in that normally we're focused on people and their businesses in in BNI, and you hold a seat for a business um, that you work with. However, today I'm not inviting you here for that purpose. I'm actually having you here because people have private lives. They do. It's it's true. They do. They do. Yeah. Small business owners have private lives they that don't involve the business. Do. Wow. Um, well, some of them do, and <laughs> BNI can be very helpful. For that. So we're going to do, even though we're not really here talking about your business, I'm going to ask you the same questions that I ask everybody. Sure. Like, for purposes today, where do you work, but then explain why you're here? Sure. I am the Educational Development Director at Pacific Learning Academy, which is a uh, one-on-one uh, edu- focused education, full uh, tutoring service, and uh, private high school. And so we do one-on-one uh, education with our instructors and individual students in uh, every high school subject, most middle school subjects. Uh, we offer credit classes in all high school su- subjects, and we tutor all middle school uh, and high school subjects as well. And so I've worked there for about, uh, it's over four years now, mm-hmm. and uh, I came into the Plateau Partners chapter uh, as the Academy's representative about three years ago. Three years ago, and then uh, did and did service work for the chapter of the last few years. I was a, I was a visitor host, I think, for a while, and then I was the chapter president last year, mm-hmm. which was which was uh, probably something we'll talk about. So. Hmm, maybe. Um, so, but today you're not here to really talk about that. Today you're here as author, historian, oh. podcast. Let me put host. on my hat. Exactly. Take off one hat and put on the other. Exactly. Okay. So um, briefly tell me about those things. Sure. Well, I, uh, I, my side hustle, if you will, has been, I, I wrote a alternate history fiction novel named Carlos Inferno, and it took me about three years to write. And uh, during this time that I've been in Plateau Partners, I finished the book and then started thinking about how I could market it. And really because of a lot of the ideas and uh, that I got in the, in the chapter and the people that I met and the things that I learned, decided that I really wanted to start building myself as an author, kind of building my own brand and just to see where it would go. Uh, I had no idea how to do that. I had no idea what that even meant when I first came in. And over the course of the last few years, I've learned so much from all the different personalities and businesses and wisdom in that room. Uh, that it really took me in that direction. And then on top of that, those were the very people that I turned to for help in making this happen. And it is not an overstatement to say that everyone in that chapter, in this chapter, has in some way, shape, or form directly, in a lot of cases, but also indirectly, have made that happen. And I've been well underway in that for about a year now. Mm -hmm. Which is Awesome. So you've answered like the next three questions. Oh. So you've been in BNI for three years. Um, what you appreciate most then about being a member of BNI is all of that expertise for for the personal side. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the for the things I've learned on it, and certainly for it's been amazingly beneficial for our business. 
Uh, oh yeah, has absolutely. Been for a while. Yeah. But for and me then, um, what's your favorite part about the plateau partners specifically? That there's this fascinating, amazingly energetic dynamic between these really great business owners who really know what they're doing. And they're also amazing personalities and wonderful individuals who are really open to learning new things and really open to trying new things. Mm -hmm. And that energy collectively is the thing that I like the most. Yep. So the words like, know, and trust are the three words that are associated with BNI. What are mm -hmm. three words that are associated with you? Three words associated with me. Uh, intent. <laughs> uh, intent on what I'm doing, intent on where I'm going and what I, and focused, you know, the one on, on what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do and open, really open to learning new stuff. I don't even know what I don't know about a lot of things. And I've learned a lot of things that I did not know before that I'm glad I know now from the people in the, in the chapter. Love it. You're also verbose. Hmm. Anyway, that's the fourth one. I'm just saying. You said three. You didn't say the three most. Like the, you just said three. Okay. So <laughs> tell me something that people may not know about you. Now, normally this is a way for potential clients to interact with you, but for you, since we're talking about your side hustle, as you say, mm -hmm. as writer and podcast host and mm -hmm. historian, um, what what is something that people may not know about you? I've got serious rhythm. You do? I do. Really? I do. I'm a dancer. I dance but when you're I cook. A dork. I don't know, but I dance when I cook to Motown. I do. <laughs> I do. It's my favorite thing to do. Now, it's not always wise depending on what I'm cooking, right? So if there's a lot of boiling water, I'm not necessarily dancing full Aretha, but nevertheless, that is something that I do. I like to dance a lot. I, I listen to music a lot. It's usually going some way. Fascinating. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got some swerve. You got some skills. <laughs> got some swerve. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to see this. So, um, what would you say is your most frequently asked question? What do people ask when they find out that you have a whole alternative fiction? Life? Uh, <laughs> other than where, when can I read the book? Oh, well, yeah. Other than that, uh, how did you get here? Uh, but I, it's a unique path. I've, I have a PhD in history. My, my career track was in academia for a long time. And so I think sometimes when people meet me and they, they wonder how that fits in with certainly in an educational environment that I'm in, it makes sense, Sure. but it's a different path for someone with a PhD. So usually that's the question. How'd you get here? Okay. It gives me a chance to tell my story. I, it's a question I don't, I, I like to get. Well, I mean, you like sharing, you're open. I do. You said, I do. um, what's your favorite curse word? I mean, you heard it here first. Folks. Well, it, it's it, it is the it might be the most versatile word in the English language. If you think about it, it can be a noun, it can be a verb, it can be an adjective. You can name somebody that. You can put ing. You can put you can put a whole number of suffixes. Uh, and and nowadays people are getting so creative that you can put prefixes in front of them. That's true. Right, a number of different words. And if you put that word in front of or behind something it gives it a level of emphasis that it wouldn't have had before and it gets attention. And you could do it with anything, right? So like uh, words like lollipop, put F in front of that or behind it. Lollipop. And lollipop, right. 
got in my hair. Like, and it says so much. It does. It says so much. It's completely versatile. So that's certainly there are many others that I use and I, I, I tend to use them with craft and with skill at various points. But that's the trusty go-to. You can never go wrong with the F-bomb. You cannot. Okay, well, on that note, we're going to take a very quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about historian, author, podcast host, J.D. Boom, boom. With over 270,000 members in over 9,500 chapters across 70 countries, BNI is the world's leading business networking and referral organization. To learn more about BNI and what it can do for your business, go to BNI.com. There, you'll find answers to frequently asked questions, and you can locate a chapter to visit or join that suits you and your business. Again, that's BNI.com. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am sitting here with JD, and as I mentioned at the beginning of our episode, we're doing a little pivot. Normally, we're talking about people's business in terms of their, you know, it may be their passion, it may be the thing that they are drawn to. And so, you know, some people consider it a hobby, but it's really their way of life in terms of what they do to make money. And they've had to turn their passion project or their service or skill into a commodity. Mm-hmm. You would like to make money from your skill, but at this point, you're in a really unique kind of cool time. So yeah, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a building phase, but it's a foundation has been laid. And if we want to take the image of of building a house, uh, the framework is all in place. the 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 floor plan has been established, and uh, I'm in the process of of building it. And yeah, it is an interesting place. It's a really creative space and it's a really exciting one. It's intimidating sometimes because it it's it's open-ended and there's, you know, trying to get a book published is is by definition difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, 14,000 book contracts go out every month, you know, and and there's plenty of people that are looking to publish them. But uh, it is an interesting time and yet I by being in this chapter, I've been perfectly placed to get the type of aid I've needed to build that foundation and to take all of these steps. In fact, when I think of the entire process going all the way out to hopefully the end of getting it published and having it be successful, there are numerous members of this chapter who either have already helped with this or and will continue, or I will be able to utilize their services uh, and certainly their feedback and the support that I've got from it. You know, uh, People outside my academic sphere, outside my my areas of interest, who know me from a business side and have gotten to know me personally, have responded really well to the book and to the podcast that that goes alongside it. Mm-hmm. That's invigorating, right? And so when I hear that people kind of separate from my own spheres are really responding well to what I'm doing, it just adds confidence and it helps me be more open to ideas and guidance and that type of thing. And I mean, it's it's literally, I could go down the list of names and go, this person helped with this, this, mm-hmm. this, this, and this. It is not an overstatement to say I would not be doing what I'm doing and found the success that, and found the confidence and my sense of self that has really developed mm-hmm. without this chapter. And it's just been as a byproduct of what I'm actually doing there. Right. That's the amazing thing. And I'm not now. I'm I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that that the benefits to my employer have been tangible too from this. Of course. When I first came into the chapter, I did not know much about running a business. My PhD is in history. I'm a humanities guy. I'm not a 
I don't know business. I didn't know business the way that, that I do now. And I learned it on the fly in that chapter, learning how people do their work and doing one-to-ones and, and asking very detailed questions about business models mm-hmm. and profit margins and how do, you, how do you market yourself? What do you try to avoid? What kind of, what kind of people are you looking to hire? What is your ideal client? Mm-hmm. All of that over time kind of fits pieces together. And so while I have academic training as a historian, it's experiential training in business. And it's been wonderful for me on a lot of levels because mm-hmm. it's built my confidence, not only as, as uh, for what I do, my job, but that I can actually push myself forward as a business person with my own brand, with my own ideas mm-hmm. and how to market these things. And when I don't know what I need to do next, there are so many people I can go to to ask what Which to do next. Which is me. So uh-huh. here's the deal. I'm going to tell you that you don't even have to talk about how amazing BNI is right now. You get an opportunity to market yourself and what you're doing. So okay. you don't even have to you don't even have to give credit where it is clearly due. But um There's plenty. Let's talk about um so you talked about how you were in academia mm-hmm. and that is something that um in history specifically, and even more specifically, um, World War II, Nazi Germany. Uh-huh. So that's facts. Right. And now here you are with a alternative <laughs> history fic- fiction. History fiction. Yeah. So, you know, talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I think what I've noticed in the, in the chapter is, you know, the passion that, that members have for what they do. And, so many people are have this passion for what they're doing and as much as and i love teaching i really do i love everything that i do uh in my work but when i really reconnected with the passion that i'd had since a kid to be a storyteller when i lecture about history i tell it as a story Mm -hmm. that's what's more engaging for people students of all ages and i've taught history from elementary school up through university level and that's all the same that's the passion that I have. And I, and I got into interested in history because truth truly was stranger than fiction. But my first love when I was a kid was fiction, epic fiction, right? Worlds that seemed like they were really real and were so well-crafted that you thought you felt you could just step into them. And so a few years before I, I, I started at the Academy and then came into BNI, I, I reconnected with that desire to to pivot more towards fiction rather than continue down an academic track. And it was the most fun I'd had in my life doing that, even though it's a lot of work. And I, I had to learn a lot about how to write that way as opposed to writing. Uh-huh. You know? And so by the time I came into BNI, though, the, the book was largely done, at least as a draft, it was largely done. But the expertise that people had about all facets of business, as well as their enthusiasm and the friendships that I built with them, really kind of helped me get across the finish line of that, that draft. And then it became, now what? Now right. what do I do? I had no idea what it meant to have a personal brand or how do I build a website or what? never mind, start a podcast. These were ideas that I hadn't even thought about. When I talked earlier about not knowing what I didn't know, I didn't even know what options were out there. And I was thinking about this earlier today. Every single thing I'm doing in that part of my life has a direct connection back to someone or some ones in the Plateau Partners. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get bigger. My, my big dream is someday to, to come into a meeting and just you know slam my book contract down on the table 
and then turn to everybody and say, I have business for all of you. Because <laughs> honestly, I think that's that's exactly what could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and that 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 is a dream. And it's it's not just a dream but for the accomplishment for me, but as a, a, a chance to give back to everybody who gives so much to me in this chapter. And I don't think people really fully realize how much I get from them, from their expertise, from their connection, from their interest in me as a person, as well as as in the business. Uh, the feedback I've gotten on the podcast, on the book, uh, on the website, my blog pieces, all of those things, and just friendship. Um, my history is not one of doing well at always building communities intentionally. And this community of this chapter is a really palpable part of its success. And I feel, you know, for me, this on this this sort of side hustle side, it's been so huge. And that has fed back into my success at the Academy. I would hazard a guess though, that everyone in the chapter could say in some way, shape or form, they've experienced that same thing, personal growth mm -hmm. and change and learning that then they could then channel back into their business. Never mind just having people that can refer to you as trusted partners. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think it's important, um, to be seen as a whole person. It is. And if you take care of the whole person, then you're able to take care of the different parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the book. So Corella's Inferno. Uh, like a synopsis? Of the yeah. Book? I mean, we've okay. got people listening that Absolutely. are going to be like future okay. readers. Well, uh, then, then I'll just give the whole pitch. If you want to read more about the book, you can go to my website, wordsbyjdk.com. And you can also listen to my podcast, season one, finished not too long ago. It's called Building from the Bullet Hole. You can find it at my website. You can also find it on iTunes, Spotify, a number of other platforms. And you can go there and listen to a lot of that, as well as my backstory about it. But the novel itself uh, takes place in 1946, and it's an alternate history novel, which means that genre is uh, a well-known historical event goes differently. The author takes a liberty with that story and changes the outcome, and then follows out the results of that outcome. The author changes a historical event, usually one that's well known, and then follows follows that timeline out into a new story. Now, some people call it counterfactual fiction. Is that same correct? Same thing. Yeah, same yeah. thing. But there but yeah, it's some do. And and it's it's part of the genre of historical fiction. It's just a subgenre of that. And the most the most famous examples of that are are uh, Man in the High Castle, right, which was uh, Philip Dick's novel from the early 60s that was a successful TV show. And uh, and a few others, Robert Harris's Fatherland is is my favorite example of that. And I was really inspired by those because uh, history is about what ifs, right? Certain decisions are made Historians do spend a lot of time saying this was a really important decision or moment. Had it not happened, things like this could have, you know, so it's part of that. But I really wanted the idea of playing around with something with, with World War II. And rather than most historical or alternate history fiction that de deals with World War II, where the focus is on what if Nazi Germany won, what if Imperial Japan won the Second World War, sure. I, I took a little bit, in my mind, a bolder approach in that the same sides won and lost World War II. The United States and its allies, Britain, France, the Soviet Union, won the war. Nazi Germany was shattered. Imperial Japan was defeated. But I went back and changed the outcome of the June 6, 1944 D-Day invasion in Normandy and turned that into a defeat. It was a decisive moment in the Second World War. It landed American and British and uh, other allied troops on the continent. 
and began sort of the death squeeze of Nazi Germany, the Soviets coming from the East, allies from the West. Isn't that like blasphemous? Totally. It was really, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a landmark event and everybody knew it at the time that it was such a landmark event. And there's not a whole lot of events in history where you can really say that, where everyone knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when, and it was going to be decisive. It just mattered which side. But in this story, when the D-Day invasion is thrown back into the sea and my main character, a fictional character, had a major role in why that happened. When that happens, the, the whole nature of the war changes because without millions of allied troops on the continent, the Soviet Union is the only army that's available to conquer Nazi Germany. So unlike in real history, where Europe was cleaved right down the middle between uh -huh. Soviets in the East and the American-led allied forces in the West, the Soviets have occupied all of Europe to win the war. And my story takes place in that in in that world. Now it's a it's really a story about an individual who uh, a German intelligence officer who has to go back to Germany on an intelligence mission to build a, a spy network inside Soviet occupied Germany. Uh, but he has very compelling personal reasons to go back. His family's missing and uh, doesn't know where they are. And he also blames himself uh, for the predicament that the world is in because he was instrumental in uncovering uh, what the allies were planning at D-Day. And so, and he's keeping all of that hidden and he's burned up with hatred and envy and self-loathing. And it's the story of a man rediscovering himself and rediscovering how to connect with people, former enemies in some, in some ways, and forced to be and forced to confront his, the consequences of his actions. So it's really a character story in the midst of a world that itself is a character. And the challenge in that is unique because it does take, I think, a historian who knows that world, professional or not, mm -hmm. to try to make that believable. I hope I've succeeded, at least from the people who've read it, it seems believable, but it is a different take on that genre. I can say that he has succeeded. Oh, that's good. You heard it that's, here That's first. an endorsement. Thank you. So um, we're going to take a quick break, sure. and then um, you bring up the fact that Corella's Inferno is a character study, mm -hmm. and I want to talk about the character. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Experience for yourself the power of know, like, and trust through BNI. You'll learn more about yourself, your business, and other small business professionals through weekly networking meetings. BNI is an international networking organization that promotes giver's gain. By giving referrals to other members, you'll get the same in return, plus credibility from your clients for being a trusted partner they can rely on. To learn more, go to BNI.com. We're back with you. Yes. And we were talking about your book. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about how, besides the fact that the historical aspect and the world that you created yeah. is a character. Yeah. You also talked about the protagonist in the book yeah. and how in some ways, in addition to this being, you know, an interesting historical what if, this is also, as you say, a journey for this character. I, I have called it in my own podcast uh, and in other speaking engagements, an accidental autobiography. Uh, and, and it isn't, it isn't direct obviously, uh, but it, it is an autobiography of a very similar story, that emotional journey I mentioned a little while ago of him needing to confront the consequences of his past actions and his past mistakes to learn how to deal with his own emotions, to, uh, step out and trust other people with the things that he had done and the, the fears that he has. Uh, 
it was about, I was about two thirds of the way through writing the book when I realized that I was taking my main character on a journey I had, had taken myself. And now that journey never ends, right? It continues to go. But, but sure. in particular, even though his, the, the roots of those problems for him are obviously made up in the past and aren't the same as mine, it was a very familiar journey. Uh, going on, I, I've, I've been rebuilding my life for about, about 10 years. Uh, and, the emotional journey that my main character, Garen Krella, the root of the title, Krella's mm-hmm. Inferno, is going through something similar when we meet him. When we meet him, he is totally closed off, literally and figuratively, from uh, other people and from himself, from the rest of the world. And the story forces all of that to change. And now certainly he has the the carrot of finding out what happened to his family that mm-hmm. was motivating him. But, but really, he has to confront the realities of what his past actions, which was actually a victory, helping uncover what the allies were doing at D-Day was a victory, but the consequences for him personally and for the rest of the world are are staggering. And so he has to confront all of that, but he also has to learn how to work with former enemies. He has a team of people around him, American and British, who a year prior to meeting him, the the reader meeting him, were his enemies. Mm -hmm. And now they're working with him not just on this mission to find this one person they're looking for to build this intelligence network, but to help him find his family. And he has to open up to them and he, they have to learn about him and he has to learn about them and he has to look beyond himself. He's completely self-absorbed when we meet him. And uh, he's, he has the weight of the world on his shoulders, whether he should be there or not is irrelevant, right? It's just how he is. I can relate a lot to that and because I had to go through something similar. I said earlier, talking about the chapter and getting to know all these people and opening up and learning all these things, that's that's a direct parallel mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um, on a bigger scale, right? Corella's team is five or six people. Uh, Plateau Partners is 50 plus. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And so so advantage me, right? <laughs> even, even more people. But that's what he goes through. And, uh, and it's not easy. And in a lot of cases... For him, time and time again, the best laid plans he puts forward go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so many times the actions of other people on his behalf or people who choose to believe in him uh, really carry the day. And he has to learn how to accept that, how to open himself up to that and to listen to that. And I think it's a familiar journey everybody goes on in some way, shape or form. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm as you're talking right. about it, I'm thinking like... It's this idea that, you know, you go ahead and you take the risk of opening yourself up and connecting to somebody and mm-hmm. then it it goes well and you feel like you can then open up a little bit further and you start to then be more and more connected with yourself because mm-hmm. you're like being a little bit more authentic right. and people respond favorably to that always. And then the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And then before you know it, you've cracked wide open and you've connected with people on all kinds of things, but it doesn't feel like you've cracked open. It feels like a blossoming. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, a, almost a breaking open, like the, like the way a flower does break open mm-hmm. or, uh, or a pine cone breaks open in a fire, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the seeds, you know, repopulate, repopulate the bird forest, that, that type of thing. No, it's very true. And the the story is really, it's interesting that I chose a man who is a German intelligence officer. He knows multiple languages. He's incredibly educated, incredibly skilled, life experienced, 
But when we first meet him, his emotional bandwidth is very, very thin. And that is, so it's really a story of him developing what we call today emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And for me, it, it really stands out and it really strikes home because I, getting a PhD requires a lot of intellectual intelligence work to do. Mm-hmm. However, particularly 10 years ago, <laughs> that stood in exact contrast to my emotional intelligence. Right. And so what has happened over the course of my life and the partners have been a big part of this, of it, of the catalyst of this happening is steadily converging those paths together bringing emotional intelligence growing in that side of my life. And my job helps with that too, working with students sure. and, and having to connect with them and understand them emotionally. All those things, bringing those two things together over time, uh, which honestly is the life journey. Right. right? Integrating, our, integrating our mind, our emotions, our spirit, however you define that, into one thing. I think it makes us better people, certainly makes us better business owners uh, or, or business employees when, we, when we're integrated mm-hmm. like that. Primarily, that's because, though, as individuals, we are sounder, healthier, more integrated, more whole human beings. Hopefully, each day that goes by, it becomes more so. And that just makes us better at our job. And then being better at our job reinforces the confidence of being that whole person. Mm-hmm. So all of it fits together, interestingly enough, right? They, they, they sound like all really disparate parts, right? I have this job over here. I have, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in, in BNI meetings over here. I have a podcast here. I have a book here. I have all my other interests uh, there. Um, but <laughs> you're speaking, dancing in Motown, but it all right. fits together. Well, and you're speaking multiple languages, right? Right. So you talked about how oh, yeah. he's an intelligent, uh, an intelligence officer, mm-hmm. and um, you're an officer and a gentleman, <laughs> and intelligent. But you're learning to speak multiple languages. Right. You are no longer only speaking the language of. Um, or actually I would say teaching mm-hmm. because there's a language there where, you know, even when you first started doing the podcast, you know, to get out of that teaching mode where you're yeah. speaking at people right. and then turning it so that you're connecting with people and learning these languages. And, you know, you've, you are now well-versed in multiple languages. And thank you. And, and also knowing that I'm still teachable has come out of this because when I came to be a, to be an effective representative for the Academy in the partners, I had to be teachable as to how, not just to be a successful and a contributing member to the chapter, but also how to, to be taught about how to run a business and how to be a part of a business, how to support my coworkers, how to support my boss, how to support our students. These were all things I had to be teachable. Mm-hmm. And I've said in other places, I say, I say that rather than I have more to learn because when I say, um, what does somebody else have to teach me? I'm showing the value of that person mm-hmm. by just saying they do have something to teach me in some way, shape or form. And that is important for me on a personal level because I am, I can still be really self-focused. I'm trying to publish a book. I'm doing a podcast. I'm trying to keep a website going. Those are all real self-oriented things. Sure. And I can reach out for help in them, but it is not always, it can be really easy to get stuck in that. And I already spend hours behind a computer writing and doing my job anyway. And so to be teachable means I'm seeing other people being open to what they have to teach me and honestly admitting that I don't know all that there is to know. And I still don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. What's exciting about being in the chapter 
is every single meeting and every single one-to-one that I have, I learn something. I, I come to know something that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. That is the dream of every kind of writer is to keep discovering, keep being able to add. Mm-hmm. And that's well, the real value. You're open to discourse. And, uh-huh. you know, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, you're collecting experience in addition to your facts. And that makes for a very textured, multi-layered mm-hmm. um, content then that you put out. So we're running out of time. So riddle me this, Batman. Okay. If I want to know more about you, remind me again how I can. My official writer's website is wordsbyjdk.com. If you would like to go directly to the podcast, just add slash podcast to that title, wordsbyjdk.com slash podcast. Uh, You can also uh, listen to it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, elsewhere. Uh, That's easy to find. Uh, The prologue to the book is at my website, so you can read about that. You can also get uh, background on the guests from uh, my first season of my podcast and uh, and really go catch the last episode, uh, oh, episode I mean, 12. Of that. The last episode is amazing. And oh. and the whole season, you. I'm, you know, I will say before we head off, your podcast, I think you had anticipated it being one thing, almost like a companion mm-hmm. to the the book experience, but in the same way that your book was a companion to your life experience, (laughs) the podcast has been a companion, you know, and, you know, the lens that you have put on your life and that you have shared, there is sometimes it's a close up and sometimes you're pulling out and, and you have found somebody commented to me um, the other day when they were talking about your podcast, they said they really appreciate, um, they noticed the transparency with which you talk about yourself and your journey. Mm. But they also appreciate the fact that you understand that you get to have a private life and that, you know, you have achieved that fine balance. Uh, that's very kind. Uh, I appreciate that. And it, it actually, it, it's really emotional for me to hear that because that is something that, that I know I've always really wanted to be able to strike and I have found it very difficult. I've historically defined myself by my work. Uh, and then emotionally define myself, however other people viewed me and to be breaking free of that. It's a continual thing every day, but to be breaking free of that has everything to do with having connectivity and relationships and connection with people who I know and trust and who know and trust me authentically. And they know my story. And, and for me, the only way I've learned the podcast really taught me the only way for me to be out in the world is to be known. And that means that means the tough stuff too, mm-hmm. right? And uh, not just the good stuff, because then, then people know exactly what they're dealing with, you know. Right. And and it's interesting, you know. We've had new members come in. We've had I've met other people who they can go find out so much about my life without ever talking to me now, <laughs> and they can go listen to a podcast <laughs> and then come talk to me later, and that right. and it's out there. It's liberating. It, it was it was scary at times, uh, but because of all the expertise and support that I had in the chapter that came from the chapter, it was actually really easy to do. And it wasn't frightening. I certainly never questioned whether it was the right thing to do. And the podcast will kind of will live not as a companion to the book. It'll be a part of my overall Mm -hmm. approach, but I love doing it just by itself. Um, And I learned along the way with the help of of you and and producers and and others that there's a lot I can do to say um, and be a part of that can help people. 
And in the end, that's what I really want to be doing. I love that. I gush about this chapter to anyone that I can gush to about it. And uh, all my different circles of people know about BNI, know how important it's been for me, know, know all the friendships that I have in this chapter. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a single guy with no kids. And having, so I have to have family uh, purpose, not just a family of origin, but a okay. family of intention. And uh, this chapter is, is a family for me in a lot of ways. And they support me like one. And they love me like I'm part of one. And that's a big deal for a guy like me. Uh, with where I've been and where I'm trying to go. And so, I mean, I literally could go down the entire roster list and mm -hmm. thank everybody on the list for something they gave me. So if you ask me to say if there's one thing to you, member, who is listening to this, I love you and thank you. And I could not do this without you. And I think that's why it was so important that um, I'm so thrilled that you are the standalone episode that is not talking about, um, you know, the, the business per se, mm -hmm. but you talking about the business of being you and what it is that motivates you personally and creatively. It's a perfect way to, um, to remind people that there's a whole bunch of support out there. There is. And you know, the, the best version of myself that I want to bring forward, I've learned more about how to do that in so many ways on a daily basis from this group, because it's full of people who do that all the time. Damn, we're good. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Then, <laughs> now that we've had a huge love fest, yes. I feel we, like we need to close out. Thank you so much for joining us, JD. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for letting me sit in. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's, um, it's always so much fun talking with you. As you know, I could talk to you for hours and have. <laughs> we have. And... Um, I'm excited for all of these different stories that we're getting. And so yeah. um, keep listening to other episodes so that you can hear other featured members part of uh, the Pato Partners podcast. Thanks so much for listening.